Welcome to the newly cleansed and refreshed In The Game podcast, where we invite you to transform your dreams into reality. Every week, we aim to touch, move, and inspire you to new possibilities for your life. My name is Sarah Maxwell, and is it really time for me to now intro my own show? Heck no! Bring in the Aussie talent to get it done. With their groundbreaking first season as the Nat and Sarah Show, the foundation has been laid for a life of manifesting your dreams, where Nat and Sarah honed in on their three-step process, purposefully translating the esoteric into the tangible. Nat Cook gained her experience as a five-time Olympian in the sport of beach volleyball and reached the pinnacle by winning gold on her home beach of Bondi in 2000. Using the law of attraction before she had a name for it, one of her manifestations was meeting a fellow Canadian beach volleyball player, Sarah Maxwell, in 2001. Falling in love, they trained and competed against one another in Australia for years before marrying in 2008 and creating their biggest joy, their beloved four-year-old daughter, Jordan. Manifesting their dream of living in Europe, they have recently returned from their Swiss adventures as the full-time family where this podcast was birthed. During the unprecedented COVID-19 lockdown, the podcast has been cleansed with a fresh new colour, design and even a new name, which means Nat has been booted off the show, of course. No, I'm just kidding. She will still be featured. But the time had come to raise the game and bring you even more uplifting conversations from entrepreneurs making their mark on the world, parents who are demonstrating what's possible, doctors, therapists and experts with a contribution to make legendary athletes who have been living out loud for years. Join us as we delve into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes to bring those dream boards into reality. It's time to dust off your dreams and get back in the game of life. Are you a member of the community? Head to Facebook and search In The Game Podcast to download your three-step journal to begin the workshop-style teachings and gain exclusive access to your hosts and featured guests. Get ready to take action on your possibility. Today, we continue the conversation with the Aussie founder of Full Spectrum Education. With his master's in education and behavioral psychology, combining with his leading roles in the Queensland educational system, Ben Mayer was the perfect guy to storm into the market with an individualized youth academic coaching company. His capacity to innovate on tutoring by ensuring that the one-on-one sessions are led by registered and practicing teachers means they fulfill on their motto, that we don't tell students what to do, we teach them how to do it. In, his current, in this current social climate where school is on hold for who knows how long and kids are learning from home with an expectation of managing their online learning, parents are quickly realizing the challenges posed by internally motivated schooling. That is a funny comment in itself, isn't it? So our chat with Ben today will focus on how we can begin to throw a life raft out to many parents and educators who may need some expert support. So his business also provides a no-hassle way for teachers to become consistently paid tutors, which serves another need in the community right now, as work has grown to a halt in so many sectors. So Ben, are you ready to dive in so we can give parents some hope, kids some empowerment, teachers some peace, and entrepreneurs some hope? You ready for this? First of all, Sarah, thanks for having us. And yeah, tremendously excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the next little while together. Let's do it. I felt like I was supposed to sing a song there when I invited you in. So 
Can you believe that you created a program and a company that was designed perfectly for the current unimagined state we're in with COVID-19? Like kids coming home to learn for an unknown period. Like, can you believe that you actually created this? It definitely feels, uh, it feels good to be able to have conversations with parents and stakeholders and, um, you know, caregivers when, you know, you know they're stressed out and you can provide you know, some valid answers for them. That definitely feels good. That's for sure. So I'm going to dive deeper for into, you know, some of your beginnings. But before that, you used to solve problems for people in the education system. You know, you're working in schools. How is what you're doing now different than what you used to do day in and day out as, you know, head of department and things like that? Um, for me, it isn't all too different. I think that's, you know, what our brand tries to represent. So I'm hoping that um, our entire team feels this way. When we step into homes, we're teachers just as we are in the classroom, just as we are on a school excursion, just as we are wherever. And it's just about changing the context. So for me, context is king. So all we are doing is changing the context. And the big difference for us now is that parents actually get to see for an extended period what teaching and learning actually is. Yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up because I'm experiencing my daughter's learning in a whole new way because in a way I felt like I wanted to know. I was curious, but just like I don't know if she's eating her veggies, it's like, what is really happening there? And, and all of a sudden you get all of it. You get the good and you get the challenge as well. So look, I wanna go off on that. I can just hear myself. But I know that getting to know who you are as an entrepreneur is really critical for, for our listeners, okay? So tell me about you as a kid and like, what were you like? What kind of kid were you? So I was definitely the, uh, the type of child that most teachers probably wouldn't desire in their classroom. Um, I definitely had my challenges. Um, you know, as my little sister would say, her and I are very, very different people. Um, she was the, you know, the student that always got, you know, the teacher's pet tag. Whereas um, myself, I was um, really happy if I could stay in a classroom until morning tea in primary school. And during high school, I sort of, you know, continued along that, on that path um, until I sort of, you know, towards the end of high school, I suppose it became apparent to me about why, you know, the next step, you know, around year 10 sort of level, I started to realize that uh, school is important, but the next step is even more important. And for me to have a quality next step after school, I really needed to focus on what I was doing in the here and now. So I'm, I don't know if you'll be able to remember back that, to this, but like you, you're growing up, how, what's the age difference between you and your sister? Uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so let's just say you growing up before school started, before anybody told you that you were supposed to sit down until morning tea, what did you tend towards? What were your kind of dreams? What kind of games did you play as a kid? What was your, what was your thing? Um, I really wanted to be into sport. I, I was always very active. I still am very active. Um, you know, and I think that something involving activity, something involving, um, Something involving, you know, doing something physical with my body. And um, then as I got a little bit older, you know, 
I started to realize that I really wanted to help people. So I got into some coaching roles while I was in still in high school and things like that. And I think that sort of paved the way um, for me to, you know, want to work in a space where I got to communicate and support people on a daily basis. Yeah, I can hear the helper in you definitely coming forward. And so back to this idea that about year 10 where you thought, you know what, I should, I should pay attention to education for what it's going to give me later. I feel like you're that guy that can't sit still. Like if, you know, we're, we're on YouTube guys, like we're going visual. Cause I want you to see, he's just like, he's like this animal, this caged animal. Like, am I really sitting here for this talk? Yeah. You know? Okay. So Ben, the caged animal, what allowed you, cause this is going to help some kids, right? Cause you are like so many kids who are like, why do I have to sit here? Why am I doing this? What allowed you to make that shift? I think I figured out that if I didn't have the knowledge to do something that I wanted to do, I would end up doing something that I really didn't want to do because I didn't have the skills and abilities. It was that fundamental. It was really that fundamental for me. I realized that to be given a, a role or a job or whatever you like to call it as a kid, where you have influence either over people or you have the ability to shape lives or I suppose have a positive influence and be a good citizen, you need to have skill, a skill set. And to build a skill set, it requires commitment and the ability to commit to a task that you set yourself to. So why education? Why so passionate about that? What, what allowed you to like hone in? Cause you, I know like there was other areas, like you also did psychology, but what is it about education itself that had you so passionate? Um, everyone talks about, you know, doctors, lawyers, all that sort of stuff. And, don't get me wrong, every doctor and lawyer that I know is absolutely sensational and very passionate about what they do. But for me, education is where it all begins, you know, it all begins. If you don't have a passionate educator, you can't have a doctor, lawyer, mechanic, anything really. Um, you know, you look at these trade schools that are coming up now that are doing fantastic work with, you know, <clears throat> practical based learning programs for kids or, you know, you look at even um, indigenous programs up north that are, you know, targeting it around um, utilizing cultural expectations on the youth of today and ensuring that they are engaged. You look at inner city Brisbane schools trying to maximize exposure for um, students by going on overseas trips and, you know, doing excursions that way. I think that for me, it's, from as early as I can remember since I left school, it's always been about helping people. And my vehicle, if you will, was to um, do that through education because I believe that if you're an effective educator, you can influence, um, you know, at a very, you know, very substantial level to a very wide, you know, space. Yeah, the, the ripple effect on kids is massive. And so you were having that impact, you know, for eight years in Queensland education. Tell me about this transition from that direct um, impact and now you're sort of like almost like that overseer creating something that could have even bigger ripples. So what was that transition like and had you envisioned that before and were like biding your time to do it or what was kind of like the penny drop for you to start thinking, huh, I'm going to create this company. 
So I always thought that I wanted to be a principal. Um, and I always thought that I wanted to go down the, you know, I suppose the seeming route that most educators go down, um, become a head of department and become a deputy principal. If they're in fact interested in getting out of the classroom, um, there are hundreds of my colleagues that will be in the classroom for every day of their career and they do an amazing job and they just love to teach. But as an educator that wants to affect change, um, usually people look at uh, climbing the ladder. You know, so as I said just before, the head of department, the deputy, the principal, that's the path I thought I wanted to take. But what I realised is that um, to affect things on a truly national level, it was going to take a little bit more than being um, in charge of the school. So I guess the tipping point to go back to your question was when I realised that that's what I wanted to do. But then I had to, I suppose, take the first steps that we all do when we want to build like a family of sorts is I had to do the work myself. And so I was teaching, so I was a head of department um, in 2018 and I decided that I needed to build um, a reputation that I was able to teach. Now, obviously the full spectrum actually started in 2017, beginning. But in 2018, I'd gone down the hot route and um, I decided that I was building my teaching hours up and up to the point I was teaching 40 hours a week on top of my job. Um, and I was getting into the office very early to make sure I still did my school job as well. And during the middle of 18, I realised it was time to take leave and it was time to focus on um, the full spectrum family. And um, in the last, you know, well, since August of 18, 2018, um, the brand has grown exponentially. Yeah, hasn't it? So if you think about the brand and what your ideal outcome is for the kids that go through the program, what would it be? Like, what's your dream for these kids? Dream for me, I guess, is to be happy and to enjoy their learning. Um, if you do that, you can't go far wrong. So I just got off the phone before with a mum who basically was talking to me about um, her child being anxious. And for me, that is the absolute worst thing that can happen to a child, the fear of learning. Because for me, learning is only an opportunity to be better. It's an opportunity to improve your knowledge, improve your understanding. And um, to be honest, learn more around this, about this beautiful world around us. You know, it's fantastic. So did you always imagine full spectrum being the way it is now, and I know it's still growing, we're going to talk about that in a sec, but has it shifted and molded since 2018? Since I left to focus on full spectrum full time, I sort of had this vision. But before that, from 20, you know, just to give our viewers a good timeline, from the beginning of 2017 to August of 18, I think it was about demonstrating to parents that I had put in the, the work and commitment so that when I talked to every set of um, every set of parents or single parent or whatever it may be, however the family dynamic looks, I have the integrity, um, you know, and I suppose to, a, to an extent accountability to be able to actually have a conversation with them that was based on evidence. Um, so from that point, yes, I did, I did know that it would expand into the three-state company that it is now, being Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. However, what I'm tremendously excited for in the future is where we haven't been and where we still are to go. Yeah, I know. That's so, 
I have, I want to hear about the vision for full spectrum because I know that you have other things that you're, that are in the pipeline and are growing. But before that, I need to know, like, what has been the most challenging part? Like what has just been a bit of a wall kicking moment for you and many probably, but over the past two years, like what's the biggest angst you face as an entrepreneur building something that's really not, well, has it existed before? Um, I think that, you know, like any good idea, um, you know, a lot of ideas exist, but it's how people do them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to talk ill of anyone else that's out there in the outside of education space um, doing what they love and what they're passionate about. But what I prefer to talk about is uh, the way we do it. And, um, you know, for me, the biggest challenge was handling rejection. Um teaching your staff to manage that, teaching your, you know, your colleagues, your, you know, um, I suppose people in your life that support you as well, handling that there are ups and downs, but not so much talking them through that, but explaining to them that it's part of the process. Because, you know, you tell them the stories and they ask you if it's worth it. And, you know, they say, Ben, you realise you're working 20 hours on a weekend. to help other people, but you've got to help yourself. And the reality is, is you don't burn out if you actually love what you do each and every day. I know it's a cliche, but you'll never work any day in your life, a day in the life, you know, a day in your life if you actually um, love what you do. So give me an example of a rejection that you faced that you, that, that hit you. Okay. Um, I think one that I could share with uh, with everyone out there today would be like when we first uh, moved into Victoria, we we faced some challenges, and uh, I think that although that wasn't like a you know slap in the face moment by any stretch, being confronted with red tape and having to I suppose move things slower than mm. what you otherwise would have wanted to felt like a very, very big rejection at the time. Um, Even though now you look back and laugh, um, that was for me was a big one. Um, The next rejection that I'd like to share as well, just as an added one, is um, obviously when you have, I don't know, 20 students under your, potentially you're a sole trader, you know, and you're doing that as your own um, thing, you will face far less rejection than if you have a thousand families. And seeing as we've helped over a thousand families now, I can honestly tell you that there has been times where people will believe things about you. You know, what's the old saying? Don't always read, uh, believe what's written about you. Mm. That's uh, it's sort of thing where you want to make sure that you put your best forward, forward, forward every day and that you, number one, you, you accept positive feedback, but you try to just focus on the next day And when negative feedback does come in, like I said, when you scale, you will have negative feedback. Try and really focus on the mission and what you're trying to do, which as you highlighted at the top of the show, um, our motto is we don't tell students what to do, we teach them how to do it. And for me, making kids feel like we taught them how to do something and now that's their skill and that's their takeaway, that's why I love what I do and why the rejections are worth it. Yeah, I'm glad we drilled a little on rejection because you brought something up beautifully about scale that if you are in front of two people, but then you're in front of a thousand, like, you know, two, 20, 
that like there's a big difference and like you said that's just humanity some people are gonna feel good about it some people aren't and so yeah getting that in perspective was what's allowed you to keep going um and i think that can be a big thing for people like deep down it's why they don't scale because they just can't handle what you're talking about and you're in front of students so i guess time just flies when you're having fun but if you could just leave us with your business making a massive difference in the lives of kids and their parents during this time. So just this uncertain time we're in with COVID-19, what impact would you hope to make? I'd hope to make people a lot more um, comfortable and a lot calmer because all of the learning that they want that, that they want after that will happen autonomously, it will happen automatically. What I would prefer to see is that we make an impact on, you know, a child's mindset or a teenager's mindset or a parent's mindset. You know, um, daily we meet parents where they're just totally overwhelmed during COVID-19. And my big message to them at the moment is it's going to be okay. We're here to support you. And, um, you know, we have designed some, some COVID-19 uh, packages, which are particularly, you know, um, tailored, I'm sure you can relate yourself, you know, you're a parent, um, you know, to give parents a few hours of what they would call sanity or serenity maybe. But, um, you know, for me, giving their parents that downtime so that they can, you know, really look after themselves um, is invaluable in this space. And we're trying to, I suppose, adjust our services to cater for those families that just need that off time. Lovely. Ben, I really want to commend you. I sort of see it like what an innovator, because when you create something that you don't even realize is going to be required, there's a sense, there's a sense of vision in that, you know, and um, good on you for what you're offering to parents. Just, I love that around mindset because the, the mind that comes to the learning is the one that's either going to take it in or reject it, like you say. So I'm a, as you know, that's where me and you come together on this real, um, you know, we like to champion mindset and, and doing good in the world and helping people. So thank you very much for sharing your story with us. And I look forward to, um, yeah, just the impact and, and just being able to tally the impact that you're really going to make during this period. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, just one last thing before we finish up, sorry to uh, steal the thunder. I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, can I just go on record by saying thank you to all of my coaches out there because I believe that I love learning and without their support, although I love what I do, I don't think um, full spectrum education would be as helping, would be helping as many, uh, many people, as many family as we are. So just wanted to say thanks to all of my coaches. Love that. And I think what you're saying there too, what I love is it's, it's understanding who you are in the process. Because to me, Ben, the courage that it took to create the framework, you know, the, the, the sort of nuts and bolts in order for teachers to be able to do what they're doing. It required someone like you who's working those 20 hours on the weekend for a teacher to come in front face and make that impact with this message and vision and clarity. So I just feel like it's all everybody needs everyone so good on you for recognizing them so over and out we so appreciate you listening to the show 
Don't forget to join the community on Facebook by searching In The Game Podcast. There you can download your three-step journal and participate in our weekly live video chats. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review.